This morning, we are kicking off a new series. Did y'all know that two weeks from today, somebody say today, today. is Easter. Easter is already like upon us. And so we are kicking our Easter series off today. And I am really, I just feel really, I'm excited, but I feel moved. I feel an anticipation in the spirit of God. Uh, that this Easter, God is going to do something supernatural in Liberty Church. Y'all remember last year Easter? We didn't even get to meet together. I feel like there are some hungry Christians. There are some hungry, hungry non-Christians that are going to come to church. There are some hungry believers that are ready, anticipating to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. And it's only two weeks away. And I can't get ahead of myself because we're not going to be... We're going to be talking about Easter today, but so the title of our message, this series, is titled Three, and we are going to be looking and talking and focusing about three days, three specific days in this time of Easter. We're going to be looking at Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter, so we're going to be looking at three days. We're going to be looking at three moments on each one of those Days, three scriptures that happen on those days that we're going to learn uh, and hopefully be challenged and uh, hopefully our faith will go, will grow and go to the next level through these three moments that we're going to look at on each day. And then based upon what we learn each Sunday, we're going to have three decisions to make. Based on what God says, who God says he is, and what we learned, that means I have to, how can I apply this to my life. How do I take the revelation knowledge of the word of God and begin to make it applicable to my life? And that's what excites me. Because you know our God is alive, right? Anybody believe that he's alive? If Jesus Christ is alive, why do you think that you can't? Or why do you think that he can't for you in the season that you find yourself in right now? Cuz that's exciting. If he's alive and he don't just say that he's alive, he says that I can be alive too. Come on somebody. That's good news. And so let's look at, let's go ahead and get started. Let's look at that first point this morning. And so before we get into our three moments, uh, we're going to give you three scriptures, three moments from Palm Sunday. So we're going to be looking at Palm Sunday today, okay, for our first day. Uh, and so Palm Sunday, it begins with a prophecy, a celebration, a declaration, cleansing and healing in this one day, Jesus declares his identity, he establishes his authority, and he demonstrates his love. So the cool thing about this series is we're going to give you three days, we're going to give you three moments on that day, and then we're going to give you three decisions to make based on what we learn. Well, today we're actually going to give you three things that Jesus does and establishes on this first day that we're going to look at, which is Palm Sunday. And so I want to go ahead... And let's just read these three moments, these three scriptures. It's, it's, we're going to give you a lot of scripture today. Anybody love the word of God? A lot of scripture is a good thing. I'd rather I give you more, more scripture than anything that I have to say uh, because this is the only thing that matters, right? So the first moment we're going to give you is Matthew 21, 1 through 9. And this is really that moment that most believers know and remember about Palm Sunday and, and what it means, Right? And so verse 1, it says, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, they came to Bethpage at Mount of Olives, and Jesus sent two disciples, saying uh, to them, Go into the village opposite you, 
And immediately you will find a donkey tied and a coat, a colt, excuse me, with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. Y'all know if you go to somebody and say, The Lord is in need of these, they better give it to you, right? Jesus says, Go to them. Don't be this. persuaded or disillusioned by what I'm asking you to do. That's a big ask of his disciples. He says, don't worry about all that stuff. Just say that the Lord, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord, is in need of it, and he will give it to you. So verse 4, it says, all this was done so that this might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, uh, Zechariah 9.9, this is actually the prophetic scripture that Jesus fulfills, riding in on donkeys, Zechariah 9.9. Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So the disciples went and did this as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and sent them, set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees. We know these are palm branches, right? Hence the name palm Sunday, they they cut the branches down and laid them in the road and spread them. And at verse 9, it says, Then the multitudes, here's here's the thing that most of us know and remember of this scripture, who went before those and followed and cried out, saying, Hosanna, and the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. These folks were celebrating the fact that Jesus Christ had made his way. Many didn't know who he was. Many thought that they knew who they thought that he was. He might be Elisha. He might be uh, Moses. He might be Elijah. They were all celebrating because Jesus was making a definite declaration on this day so that there would be no doubt As to who Jesus was. He's fulfilled the the prophecy of Zechariah 9.9. Hosanna, if you study that word out, they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. It literally means just to praise. They were praising and excited and celebrating that fact. God was boldly declaring the identity of his son who is Jesus. And all that were there celebrated. Celebration is probably an understatement. They were excited. Amen. Let's look at that next moment I want to give you. So that's the first one we're going to use today, the story out of Matthew 21. The next one comes out of Luke 19, 39 through 44. It says, And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered them and said, I tell you that these should not keep silent. Excuse me. I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. I want you to underline that this morning. That's the point I want us to get from this second moment. He says, speaking of Jesus, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, the things uh, that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when the enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side. And level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave you in one stone upon another because you did not know 
the time of your visitation. So a lot of us maybe didn't even know this come from the, the week of Passover, the, on Palm Sunday, this moment that Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Jesus was so moved by compassion and, and, and love and what he was about to do, and he just looked over the city and his people, everyone he's about to save, the, the Jewish people, the, the believers and non-believers, he's about to bring in a whole new covenant, and he began to just weep because they didn't know. Many were deceived. And he came to save those that were deceived just as he came to save those who maybe knew the truth. Amen. Let's look at that next moment of scripture I want to give you. And it comes out of Matthew 21 also, but we're going to pick up there at verse 10 through 16. This also happened on Palm Sunday. And so, and when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you ever heard or read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise? A lot of us know the story of Jesus going and turning over the tables. Maybe you didn't know that that was on Palm Sunday. And then, did you notice that Jesus, after that, he went, he didn't just quit there. He went and began to minister and began to heal the sick and, and, and began to heal the lame uh, and began to even rebuke the religious leaders of the day because they, they didn't see, they didn't recognize, they didn't know, right, what Jesus, who he was and what he was doing. I love his rebuke. He says, the, 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 the kids are praising Jesus for who he is. And he says, he uses scripture, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. So on Palm Sunday, Jesus declares his identity. So we're going to use each of these moments to, to, to study this out and prove this to you, okay? He declares his identity, who he is. He establishes his authority and what he can do. And he demonstrates his love for us, for you, for me, and for the entire world. Amen. Let's look at that next point. So the first thing we're going to talk about after reading all that scripture this morning is the fact that Jesus declares his identity. His triumphant entry into Jerusalem openly declares he is the king of the Jews, the son of David, the Messiah, Literally the savior of the world, when he sent for the cult, he boldly declared, I am the one you have been looking for, according to Matthew 21 that we read this morning. Before Jesus could go to the cross and ultimately be crucified and lay his life down for you and for me, I believe God wanted to openly declare that this is my son. Jesus had a ministry uh, for about three and a half years, right? And so everything that he did, 
Okay, he was declaring his identity. He was declaring his authority. He was declaring his love, right? I'm not trying to say that uh, he never did that only on Palm Sunday, okay? I think y'all know what I'm trying to say. Uh, but the fact that on Palm Sunday, he, he was boldly declaring that this is who I am, even fulfilling scripture. He wanted to leave no doubt. And most people, even the disciples, didn't know that Jesus fulfilled Zechariah 9.9 until after the fact, right? Everybody was so caught up in the celebration and getting excited about this man, Jesus, who was going to be here for the week of Passover, that it didn't even dawn on them that they, he was literally fulfilling Scripture as, they, as, as it was written hundreds, thousands of years before Jesus even did this on Palm Sunday. And, and God, he wanted everyone to see. See, if you were a Jew, you were in Jerusalem on the week of Passover. Everybody who was everybody who was everybody was there in the city. For the whole week of worship, for the whole week of prayer, they had to um, slaughter a lamb. You had to have a lamb in your house for four days and have it live with you and inspect it without spot or blemish. Then they had to take it to the priest to be sacrificed. They were celebrating the fact when, when, when God saved them and spared them over Passover, right? Like in the Old Testament, when they applied the, the blood of the lamb to their doorpost, that they would be saved. And so that is what everybody is doing. They're celebrating Jesus. He's worthy of praise, but they didn't even know. Come on, somebody. What he was about to do for the entire world. And so God, he established, he declares his identity through his son, Jesus Christ, that I am the Messiah. I am the King of Kings. You can trust me. I can heal. I can restore. I can give you new life, physical new life in this body. And I can also give you new life, spiritual life, when this body passes away and perishes one day, right? I want to give you all the actual full scripture of Zechariah 9.9. 9, 9. It's not on your, your paper outline. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there if you want. And they actually read it in Matthew 21, but I want to give you the whole verse from Zechariah 9.9. 9. It says, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king, somebody say king, is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble Riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The odds of one man fulfilling that verse, word for word for word for word, is like quintessible. It's, it's, it's millions to the millionth to the millionth. And Jesus fulfilled that scripture to the word. Amen. To prove that God is good. To prove that you can trust God. To prove God's identity to prove God's authority, come on somebody, and to prove that God loves you. Amen. God did that for us through Jesus. And so God was making a public declaration, a seal of approval, almost like when Jesus got baptized by John the Baptist. You all remember when he came out of the water, what did God say? Somebody knows it. You can, you can shout it. This is my son who, I, who I'm well pleased, right? Palm Sunday is kind of like that same thing, but it's, it's more of a public declaration because everybody, the Israelites, the Jewish people were there. And God's saying the same thing in a public manner. 
Y'all, if you study the Gospels and the life of Jesus, isn't it kind of amazing that as he ministers and travels and goes along with the disciples, he healed a lot of people. He raised people from the dead. He cast demons. You know what? Did y'all ever catch this? Sometimes he would say, after he healed somebody, what did he say? He say, now don't tell anybody who healed you. And what they usually do. They go and told everybody. And I don't know why Jesus told them to do that. I've been, you, know, you pray about that. You seek the, the Lord on that and study the word. Because sometimes, he, you know, he, he would boldly say, you know, I am the son of God. But a lot of times, he, 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 was, he was almost not trying to hide his identity. But he was not publicly declaring who he was. This day is different. Palm Sunday, he wants to leave no doubt that I'm the son of God. Right? This day was different. Somebody say different. He wanted everybody to know, and he wants everybody gathered here this morning today that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he's well and able, that he loves you, that you can trust him. Amen. And the only way to have eternal life after you die and pass away one day, which we all will, and have a day of judgment before God the Father, the only way that God is going to say, enter in my good and faithful servant, is if the blood of Jesus Christ is on your life. Amen. Amen. If you don't hear anything I heard this morning, hear that. The only way to have eternal life is through the Son of God who is Jesus Christ. And that's his identity. He can't hide it. He can't fake it. He can't take it back. He loves you. Amen. He wants you to know that he loves you. Amen. That next point. So God established his identity. That's the first thing he did on this first day that we're, we're looking at and the first moments that we're uh, talking about today. The second thing that happened on Palm Sunday through Jesus is that he established his authority. And I love this. He cleanses the temple. He heals the blind, the lame, and rebukes the religious leaders of the day, according to Matthew 21, right? Jesus just, he rebuked the prideful. He rebuked the ones that had hard hearts. He rebuked the ones that weren't walking by faith, right? And, and Sugar Boo, you, you love rebuking stuff, right? Rebuking things and shanking things. She, she's rebuking stuff all the time, and so I love that. When I don't know what to do, I say, she, babe, well, she, just begin to rebuke that thing. And, and Jesus, he did that. He did a lot of that. Right? He did a lot of healing, but he also did a lot of uh, rebuking of those, those folks that, that were just too prideful, who were deceived, who didn't, who didn't see, who didn't get it. And so this morning, don't be, don't be that person. Don't miss what God is trying to do in your life because you think you know. Don't miss what God wants to do in your life this morning because you think you already know something. You know something better. You know something else. And God says, whoa, humble yourself. I am the Lord, right? And Jesus, he did that as he establishes authority through the life and his ministry on earth. But specifically on Palm Sunday that we're, we're looking and talking about today, he established his authority when he went into the temple, right? He reclaimed the, the thing that God called holy. What had they done? They turned it into a casino, basically. People smoking and drunk people and selling things on the side. And, and Jesus, this, is, this is the temple. This is the holy of holies. He, got, he had a righteous anger, a righteous indignation, right? 
He went in there. He began to literally drive out uh, the demons, so to speak, uh, and cleanse and cleanse the, the, the temple before he was about to ultimately cleanse the temple. Come on, somebody. Uh, to cleanse it, and then he didn't stop there. Then he began to actually lay hands on and deliver people and heal people. And so maybe he, the healing couldn't take place until he had <laughs> taken care of the temple. Come on, somebody. To, to, to take it back. We sung last week. Was it last week we sang about uh, taking back the keys from the enemy? Was that last week? I can't keep my week straight. He took it back. For you and for me. Right? He established that he has the authority that his father gave him to do those things. Jesus wasn't just some lone ranger out there doing his own thing. He was downloaded from the father to say, hey, I want you to do this to establish not just your identity, but your authority and who you are. The son of God. People might have looked at him and thought he was crazy. Right? His disciples knew who he was. His disciples probably knew what he was trying to do. Excuse me, but Jesus was establishing that authority that his father had given him. And he was literally driving out an old system, an old way of thinking, an old religious routine. Anybody have some old religious routines in your life? Jesus wants to drive it out and cleanse it and and reclaim it as his. This is what he was doing in the temple. He was literally driving out this old system of the law. And he was about to literally usher in a new promise, a forever covenant based on forgiveness of sins only by your faith in Jesus Christ. And hey, you know when you start something new, a lot of times, man, there is some headbutting, right? I'm hearing some laughter. You must be in ministry. <laughs> Whenever you try and start something new, it's not just a smooth transition. Whenever God wants to do something brand new, hear me, it is not going to be smooth. Nothing that was even worth doing and receiving that blessing of God is not without tests and trials and, 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 and testing of your faith. That's what makes it so good. Somebody say, so good. It's because when you come on the other side of you say, man, that was crazy like six weeks, six months, six years ago, but I'm glad that I stayed put as I held out on the promise of what God was going to do, right? And all this didn't hold Jesus back, right? He's the son of God. He knows he's going to face um, some, some, some pushback, uh, people that resistance, people that are going to fight him and come against him, and it does, he does not waver. I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't waver for me. I'm so thankful that he, he stayed put as he moved forward ultimately to that ultimate eternal destination, which is the cross. And so he was bringing in that new system, that new covenant. And that new covenant, which you and I know to be true, what does that do? That forever proves the authority of Christ. Right? The cross. When you look at the cross, it forever proves the authority of God. What does the word say? There's no greater love. Somebody say greater than for one who to lay his life down for another. The Son of God did that for you. The Son of God did that for me. And according to his word, there's no greater love than sacrificial love. And he sacrificed all that there is, his life, amen, so that we could live. Hebrews, let's look at that next scripture. 
Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter into heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. I'm going to stop there for a second. We can boldly enter into the holy of holies because of what Jesus did for us. This is what he was trying to establish. This was a new thing that he was trying to do. This was the resistance of the religious leaders. See, they couldn't see it. They couldn't recognize it because they hadn't fulfilled it yet. But this way is better. The, the, the holy of holies is available to you and me 24-7, 365, every single day because of what Jesus did. Y'all, we're blessed and we don't even know it. You can pray and immediately talk to God and enter into the holy of holies in a moment if you want to. Back in the day, they had to go through a process. You had to bring a sacrifice based on what kind of sin you had. You had to meet with the priest, and then they had to go and offer that up to God for you on your behalf. It was, it was, a, it was, it was God's ordained plan, but it really was a mess. And Jesus says, I want to do something new, something better, something even simpler. Sometimes simple is better. And he, now the Holy of Holies, if you are born again believer and have the Holy Spirit living in you, where's the Holy of Holies? in you. You are the body of Christ. You are the temple of God, the living, breathing church. And you can enter in every single day. Jesus, he reclaimed creation for his righteousness. And the blood of Jesus also gives us the same authority. Oh, that excites me. That excites me. Jesus reclaimed creation by the blood, his blood, his sacrifice. And you and I can do the same thing based on our faith. Because he lives inside of me, it says. It says, I will do even greater works than he. But by the same, somebody say same, spirit. <laughs> you can do the same works if you're guided by the same spirit. Hey, and you can do even greater works as long as you're guided by the same spirit. What spirit's guiding you? Is it the spirit of the world? Is it the spirit of the devil? Is it the spirit of lust? Spirit of perversion? Spirit of fear? Spirit of Facebook? Spirit of Instagram? Man, that spirit of TikTok, I got rid of it. That spirit of TikTok, something else. Something else. When you feel a check in your spirit, is this really... Fruitful in my life? See you. <laughs> See you. Even if there are Christians on there. Because you can't, you can't have control of your feed. What you, when you see something, you can't unsee it, right? So, what, taking crazy rabbit trail. What's controlling? What are you being led by? The Spirit of God offers you yes and amen. We talked about that last week, right? Yes and amen by your faith. Uh, let's pick up there verse 20. It says, By his death, Jesus opened up a new life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. You can trust him. For our guilty conscience have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. We can trust him after what he's done for us. You've been, you've been not just reclaimed, you've been cleansed by the blood of God. You've been cleansed by the blood of God, the sacrifice of God. So yes, you can boldly enter in even if you have sin in your life. If you are battling with sin and shame and guilt and condemnation, 
Yes, it says to confess those things to one another, but the enemy wants you to feel like there's nothing that can, you can do to be made forgiven, right? He wants you to feel like you've done something so bad that God can't forgive you. That is a lie of the enemy. You can hit your knees on your bed and you can open your Bible, you begin to pray. If you ask for forgiveness, he is well and able and just to forgive you. Now, to experience the emotion of forgiveness, now that's a different story. Yes, you might have to walk that out with some folks, some forever family, some people that I can trust, some people that God puts in my life right, that I can confess those things to. And You have to believe that I'm forgiven, but walking my forgiveness out is, is a thing of faith. I mean, you have to believe it, receive it, and then walk it out. Believe it, receive it, and walk it out. Amen? That next thing that Jesus did for us, the, th- the third thing we're going to look at today. I love this. So he, he establishes his identity, he establishes his authority, and he demonstrates his love. Anybody love God? I love God. That's why I do what I do. He weeps over Jerusalem, the people and their children, and the very people who will reject. Somebody say reject. Reject him and crucify him. And I, y'all better be so glad that God sent Jesus and not Ian to save you. Because <laughs> I love y'all. Thank you, Jessica. Bless her in Jesus' name. I know that's funny, but isn't that so right? None of us would have been able to do this. Y'all, you know, uh, this cancel culture thing's a real deal. Y'all, we got people that will shut their mouths just because of the fear of thinking that they will offend somebody. Why do you think somebody would go be crucified, nailed to a cross for you? Only Jesus. Only Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, the Great I Am, the Alpha, the Omega, could do this for us. And so this is why I want to reinforce of what are you putting your faith into? Don't even put your faith into your spouse. Love your spouse. Don't put your faith into somebody else, your boss, your job, your best friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Because they will fall short. Jesus Christ will see it finished to the end. Come on, somebody. Put your faith in Jesus. Because he's the only one that loves you that much. Sugarboo, I love you. But I fail, don't I? She says, yes. I just wanted to clarify. For those I'm watching online, she said yes. It's hard to believe. I mean... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sporting this new NASA shirt that Corey bought me. Thank you, sir. And I know I look good, but I fail. Trust Jesus. Amen. He never leave you, forsake you. You may feel left and forsaken sometimes. There's valleys and hills and, and seasons of life. But if you believe that he's with you, he is. Even if you don't believe he's still with you. Let me retract that. He's with you. Amen. I want to re- read that scripture that we already gave you um, just to reinforce. 
Uh, Luke 19 through 41, out of our, our reading from today at the top, right? Now as it says, now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. It says he wept over them. And this is really the perspective of a father. He is weeping and crying because he cares. When's the last time in your life that you cried for something you didn't care about? We cry over things that we love. We cry over things that we care about. And so this shows the humanity side of God. Because Jesus was perfect. Without sin, he was fully man, but he was fully God. And this is how God wants us to draw near and connect to him. And the Bible says we're created in his image. <laughs> so as I was just preparing this week and thinking over my life, and before I got saved, Ian did not cry a lot. I was a tough guy. Well, I thought I was a tough guy. See, I used to say things like, you know, I, I don't care what people think. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. I'm going to do, you know, see, when you don't care, you don't feel, so you, you don't cry. But when I was born again, God transformed my heart. He softened my heart. Man, I cry all the time. Not so much recently. Well, actually, yes, a lot recently. I can think of my life, and one of the, the most happiest days of my life was our wedding day. And I was a blubbering idiot that whole day. If there's anybody here who was at that wedding, I could barely even say my vows. And it just it came on me. I did not expect that to happen. But that morning, I barely even slept. I was so excited. I think I slept like two hours. Uh, and when I woke up, I just did my quiet time and was reading God's word. And I just got swept over with emotion. I began to cry uncontrollably. I was like, I'm getting married today. Like, I got to start getting around. You know? It's because I love my wife. I, I love what God was doing in my life. And just recently, this past year, becoming a father. This is what I really want to share, is the perspective of the father. Some of my favorite moments are just rocking Xander to sleep, you know? Any parents in the house? Think of your babies when they were babies. And I just pray over them. And sometimes I just look at them and I just can't quit crying. I just start crying. And I cry because he's so perfect. <laughs> and he's so awesome. And because I love him so much. And I cry because I know all the things that he can do and that he's going to do. But he can't see, somebody say see, all the things that are going to come against his life. Jesus Christ was doing this for us. He was weeping over you because he loves you as a father. He sees you as perfect. He sees you as awesome. And he sees the things that are coming against your life that you can't even see. And he's swept up in love and he's swept up in motivation and swept up in his passion for who you are. And so never doubt the love of God. And see, Pastor Jessica already testified that I'm not perfect. I fail. And even Ian's fatherly love is tainted. And I love Xander that much. 
The love of God is the only thing that is pure, holy, and good. And so as a father, what am I going to do? I am going to relay that message to my son. I love you, but God loves you more. You know what's amazing when you become a parent? There's not a whole lot of people that I would probably die for other than my son. So I can fully stand here confident and say boldly that Jesus Christ laid his life down for you. Because he loves you that much. If I would do that in my tainted love for my son, God who is holy and perfect will do that for you. And he did. And that's what we're going to celebrate in two weeks. Come on, somebody. Because it ain't, he ain't still stuck on the cross. He's seated at the right hand of God, ever interceding for you and for me so that we can say yes, God, so that I can experience victories, God, so that amazing things can happen. Amen? Because that's what it's all about. A life without Christ just ain't worth living. People say, man, how do you, you can be, you can be happy to live for God. Man, living for God is the most exciting thing that I have ever done I get to do. If you are not excited living for God, you are doing it the wrong way. <laughs> Come see me. I'll get, I'll, I'll get you, I'll put your hands up, I'll get you busy. You'll be excited. Amen. For some things to do. Look at John 1, 10 through 12. I'm fixing to close. It says, he came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right. Somebody say right. right. If you're watching online, put that in the chat. You have the right. Say, he gave you the right to become children of God. There it is. Highlight that. You are a child of God. Based on your faith in Jesus, that's it. Not even your works yet. Your works matter, but it's your faith that's going to save you. You have to start somewhere. So Jesus knew he would be rejected, and that still didn't stop him. That's real love. He even came knowing they would reject him, and it didn't stop him. That's a man on a mission. Wait, that's the son of God on a mission. It did not stop him because Jesus didn't stop he gave us the right for those who believe to become children of God. Because he didn't stop, he gives us the right to become children of God. That last question. The three questions based on the first day we looked at and the three moments of that first day today that we have to ask ourselves is this. If Jesus is who he says he is, if he can do what he says he can do, does he really care about me. If Jesus really is who he says he is, I hope I've made that abundantly clear today that he is the Son of God, the perfect Savior, the Messiah of the world. If he is, that means he can probably do what he says he can do, which means he can, says he can heal me, he can restore me, he can deliver me from addiction. From drugs and alcohol, pornography. He can deliver me from, from all sorts of things. And he has a promised land. He prepares a place before me. He goes before me. If he is, that means he can. And if he can, does that mean he loves me? Yes, he loves you. And if he loves me, that means I gotta change the way that I live. Right? Because if, if the answer to each one of those questions is yes in your life this morning, then why do you not fully trust the Lord with your whole life? Your whole life. 
I know we give them our lives at sections at a time, right? I'll give you this part, God, and, and, and that's okay. But you know what? This Easter, I said, I feel like God's going to do something supernatural. Man, what would happen if we were all in? I mean, all in on the Jesus Christ bus. Come on, somebody. What could he do? What places could he take you? What's the next victory? What's the next thing that he wants to give you? Right? Because if the answer to each one of those questions is yes, then why are we holding back? All it takes is your faith. The faith of a mustard seed, right? What does it say? The faith of a mustard seed has the power to move mountains. So you can't, you can look at that mountain and feel defeated by that mountain, or look at that mountain and think, man, that's gonna be a tough climb, or that's gonna be hard, that's gonna be, man, trying to quit that or cut that out of my life, that's gonna be hard. You know, but all it says the faith of a mustard seed has the power to move that mountain. Not the size of the strength in you, the size of the faith in you. And a mustard seed's pretty small, right? That's all it takes is the faith. And if you have the faith, then it can be done. If you believe he is who he says he is, and you believe he can do what he says he can do, and you believe that he loves you, the trifecta, three, he can based on your faith, Amen. Man, y'all want to join me in prayers that close? Holy Spirit. I guess the first thing I feel like the Lord wants me to do is to pray for a certain group of folks. If you're here this morning, you believe. You know, you believe, but right now there's maybe a season or an area of your life that you are just struggling with trusting God in. You are struggling, fully trusting that God is, that God can, and that God loves you in this area of your life. And so if that's you this morning, I want you just to raise your hand up. We're all praying. We got, oh, hallelujah, there's hands going up. Hallelujah. God sees those hands. I see those hands. God bless you. Keep them raised for just a moment. Hands still going up. Hands going up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to pray over you right now. Father God, I thank you for these people. God, people with a name, people with lives. God, people with, with faith. With faith, God, I pray that word over them. God, the faith of a mustard seed to move mountains. God, when, when, when they try to surrender this area or trust you in this area, God, when their flesh begins to rise up, God, that they would literally just look to you and see you and see what you've already done for them. God, and see what you can do for them. God, and first and foremost, to know that you love them. God, and so I pray the Holy Spirit right now would just empower these people. God, to walk out their victory. Their faith intertwined with the Holy Spirit makes unstoppable, unshakable things in Jesus' name. Unstoppable, unshakable things over these people right now in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for raising those hands. Thank you. Thank you. If you're watching online, we have somebody available to pray for you. If you need prayer. Last thing I want to do is if you're here, and as I was preaching, maybe today and speaking, maybe it dawned on you that you know, you believe that God is, you believe that God can, and you believe that he loves you, but you have not made that commitment to say, you know what, I want to make Jesus Christ my Savior. I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord. And if you've done that, you know you've done that. <laughs> if you haven't done that, there's doubt. So if you're here this morning and there's doubt that you don't know if Jesus Christ is your Lord, then right now is your moment. If you're born again, I want you to pray right now for the lost. And so if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, your personal Savior right now, I want you to do something. 
It's something you do every single day. You take it for granted. You, don't even, you do it without even thinking about it. But right now, it's going to be special. Just like Palm Sunday was special for Jesus to declare the Son of God and who he was, right now is going to be special for you because you're going to declare who Jesus Christ is in your life. I want you right now, if you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want you to right now stand up. Just stand up all in this place. Just stand up if you want to accept the perfect love of God who is in the form of a son, in the form of a man, in the form of a, a, a perfect God, walked in a body, a, a body like yours and mine, a human body, who died on the cross for you. If that's you, right now I want you to stand up. Just stand up a few more seconds. A few more seconds if you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I guess I don't know if anybody's watching this. They could be watching this today. They might watch this two days from now. They might watch this from a week from now online. So, you know, I just want to lead us in a prayer. Maybe somebody gets born again watching us from home. So right now I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I want everybody to repeat after me, okay? Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you. And I trust you with my life. I want to make you my Lord and personal Savior. I want to trust you with my life and my family. God, it's in you I believe. It's in you I confess that you are Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Anybody glad you came to church today? A couple of you? Well, praise God. We're glad you came too, okay? I hope you come back next week. All right, we love y'all very much. Y'all are dismissed. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, okay? And we hope to see you next week. There's a sling.